You're listening to Nathan Shansky, and this is the Passion with Purpose podcast. Hello to all you creators, dreamers, and doers out there. I'm Nathan Chansky, photographer, business coach, and your host. After starting my photography business and nearly giving up after a rough first couple of years, with God's help, I transformed my business and became the multi-six-figure business owner here with you today. I'm here to drop weekly episodes full of everything I've learned in the process while bringing on some of the biggest experts in the industry. This podcast is for photographers, creatives, and anyone wanting to build a business and life of your fullest God-given potential. Welcome to the show, my friend. Okie dokie. Welcome back to the show, my friend. So this is the end of, if you're listening to this right when I publish it, this is really the end of the year, like my last episode of 2023, which is really crazy to say And I think if you are in the same boat as me, you're just like, how is 2023 already over, which is nuts. And 2024 just seemed like so far away for so long, but we're like here, which is nuts. Um, But yeah, we're we're winding down and um, this it's really nice because this time of year, this month, especially like December is a month that I am able to take really slow and just kind of like step back a little bit from my business and transparently honestly I've been a little bit out of like the business vibe if that makes any sense um and I've been able to kind of you know have a little bit of detox of my mind just always being on business and my mind being so uh focused on just like what's the next thing and like what's the next strategy and like what's the next thing I want to learn and like whatever um and the next move and like my the next thing in my task list or whatever Uh, and I think that's okay. Like, I honestly think that's super fine. And it's been, it's been a really different change of pace for me because like, honestly, even, um, coming up with this podcast episode at first, I was like, I don't even know like what to talk about. And I don't even know, like, like I'm just not in the business vibe as much as normally I am. Um, and it's really because I just haven't put that much time into my, work this month and that's like by design and I kind of like it that way. I mean, I've been able to kind of, uh, you know, different, do different things and like be reading more personal books or doing more personal things or more personal projects, etc. Just kind of like a nice good cleanse. So, and I will also say I challenge you to, if you're listening to this between Christmas and New Year, I challenge you to maybe take like that week or so, a couple days maybe even to do something like that at the very least, just to kind of like cleanse your, like pause your brain a little bit from the normal, just like rigmarole of what you're doing all throughout the year with your work, because obviously like our work really taxes us a lot. But I mean, if you're not that type of person that likes to take those time, that time off, because I know some people like hate taking that time off. That's okay too. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's been a great time of reflection for me and just to kind of humanize myself again, I guess. Um, and just like spend time with Kayla and spend time with family and friends, uh, and just do a lot of different things that I've been wanting to do throughout the year, but just haven't had time to. So I will say it's very helpful to do something like that. And it's, it's, it's very beneficial to just like check in almost like with your personal life, uh, and make sure that, yeah, you're like still human, I guess. 
guys. Um, but anyway, this has been a great time of reflection, like I said. And one thing I have been massively reflecting on, and, and this is what I want to talk about today, is uh, as we go into the new year, I think what has been really like kind of like a something I've done every year is I look at the end of my year and look at the the just the year past and say, how did it go? And what do I want to keep and what do I want to reject for the year ahead? Uh, and what do I want to maybe add in, right? And so I think it's really a perfect time of year to do this. Again, just look at what worked in the year past, what did not work, and how do I do more of what did work and how do I do less of what didn't work? And so I really want you in this episode or even just like after this episode to get really brutally honest with yourself, especially when it comes to this time of year and do almost like an audit of the year past. And I think what can be really helpful is to actually do this not only mentally, but write it out, like whether it's typing or whether it's actually uh, just writing on a notepad or something like that. Um, dump like so much of what you did this past year onto like a notebook and just be like, you know, what was I doing in January? What was I doing in February? What was I doing in March? And like so on and so forth. And obviously whoever's listening, you're going to be at different stages of your career. And so like some of you, I mean, maybe if you just went full time this year, you might only have like, I don't know, six months of like full on business to even dump in a notepad or something like that. Um, and I think what's also really helpful for me too is I like to also look at it not only like what did I do specifically January, February, March, April, May, June, but also what do I specifically do on a routine basis every single day or every single month or every week or every single uh, quarter or something like that. And just to kind of look at what tasks are I am I actually doing all the time and where were these bottlenecks? What tripped me up? What propelled me forward? Uh, what what like helped me or hurt me both practically or maybe even like inspirationally or educationally, uh, you know, like what drained me, what felt like it kept draining me over and over again with little to show for it. So I really want to tell you about this rule called the 80-20 rule. And a lot of you maybe already know this rule, but uh, when I started understanding this rule, it really helped me di dissect what I was spending my time doing. And I think so often we don't dissect what we spend our time doing enough. And so then we just get into the cycle of like doing the same things over and over again, never questioning it, never giving it like a second of, wait, why am I doing this? And then we find ourselves again in these ruts of like doing stuff that really doesn't matter as much as we think it does. And that's how oftentimes people get burned out, especially I think creatives, because we as creatives get so emotionally attached to some of our work that doesn't even need to be there. So let me tell you what the 80-20 rule is. So basically it's kind of like this study has been done that says that with the average person, um, and by the way, if I get any of this wrong, I'm so sorry, but this is basically the nuts and bolts of it. 20% of the things you do, like 20% of the tasks you do account for about 80% of the results that you get back in your work or in whatever you're doing, right? And then conversely, 80% of the things you do, like 80% of the tasks you do account for only 20% of the results that you get, okay? So to kind of break that down and give you like the, what does that mean? The majority of your results or high impact in your business or your life is actually made by just 20% of the things you do. Now, obviously that's gonna like fluctuate based on like specific cases. There's nuances of that, of course, but like on average, this is what most people are stuck in is that 
80% of what they do is only producing 20% of the results that they get. And then converse, 20% of what they do produces 80% of the results that they get. Okay. And so, uh, and, and barely any, and, and, and what that also means is like, um, barely any of your results or impacts come from like 80% of the things you do. Maybe I already said that, but the fact of the matter is it's like this whole paradigm is way out of whack, right? Like we, it, it should be 80% of the things you do produce 80% of the results you get, right? You think that's what it would be, but it's not for so many people. And this obviously surprises a lot of us when we first hear it and we're like, no, that's not true, but it is. And so when you're auditing yourself, you have to remember this and you have to be very brutal with what you are seeing as not moving the bottom line or moving the needle in your business. Because if you, even if like you guess that, oh, I don't know if this is like one that's, this is a task that's like moving the needle in my business and it's kind of like a gray area, just be real with yourself and be like, this most likely is not. This is one, this is part of that 80 that's producing the 20, right? And so I actually was able to do this really heavily this kind of like summer, right around July and August of this year. And so during that time, just to go a little bit back, I remember feeling very overwhelmed and I was just feeling, and it wasn't like I was so, so busy. It was just like, I remember thinking to myself, I love summer. I love late summer, especially. That's when a lot of times we spend more time with family or friends just in the summer months because in Michigan, you don't get a lot of that like really, really nice, beautiful weather. And so I had I had kind of set that aside as like, I do want my late summer to be a little slower, like especially August. And so I remember during that time, I felt still overwhelmed by the amount of tasks that I still had to be doing. And it just felt like I couldn't catch a break, literally. Like I couldn't, I I wanted kind of a break at that point in my year, but it wasn't really happening like I thought it was going to and like I wanted it to. And so um, it just, yeah, it felt cluttered and it felt like I was still bogged down by these tasks and just by so many things happening in my business. And, And it was just like, Like, why am I, why is this happening? And so I remember I did basically kind of like what I'm telling you. I did a task dump of just like everything that I do. And it was actually, I was on a plane going somewhere. I don't remember. Maybe it was when I went to LA or something like that. But I remember it was during this time I did like a task dump of everything that I do. And I was just looking at it and just what do I do on a daily basis? And I had done something like this before, but I really wanted an updated version And I like color coded it with like, if I do it or if I outsource it. Um, And I was looking through this task list of just everything I do on a routine basis. And I just asked myself, what is stressing you out and what is draining you? What of these tasks are getting you in those bottlenecks and that make you feel like you can't get to the more high impact, high leverage tasks, right? Because I knew that that was costing me, right? And with the 80-20 rule in mind, I was like, okay, this is, if that 80-20 rule is, is, is true, I know it's really costing me probably more than I even know that it is or realize that it is uh, because a lot of what I'm doing probably just doesn't have as much high impact as I think it does. Um, so again, 
once you, and that's why I bring up the 80-20 rule is that like once you establish that 80-20 rule, you can so much easier almost look for the 80% of those low impact tasks and either get them off your plate or just like get rid of them completely, right? And so that's, that's what I was able to do. So I actually want to give you some examples of things in my business that I was able to rearrange or completely get rid of or uh, you know, get to someone else's task list on my team. Um, and so I want to give you some examples. So the first example, and by the way, this is again from like that task dump that I did and looking at it and being like, do I need to do this? Right? So, um, example one, first my email inbox, right? So I, I looked at my email inbox, like tasks And right away when I was looking at them, I noticed myself feeling so incredibly drained and so incredibly like, I absolutely hate all of this, right? And it just felt like such a bottleneck. Every morning I would have to wake up and I would have to spend like these like 20 to 30 minutes of emails every single day just to get to the other tasks that I actually wanted to do. And that made me feel more like high impact and like were, um, they were more high impact and and really fueled me as a person, right? Um, And so I was just like, how do I, like, is there a way that I can relieve some of this responsibility of my email inbox um, that's that's cluttering up my the beginning of my day and making me feel drained? How can I get rid of this? Because I have an assistant and, you know, she helps me with so much, but I just still felt like I was, again, I was spending like 20 to 30 minutes per day responding to these emails. And some of you are like, oh, that's not that much time, but like it, it honestly felt like too much time for me. Um, and it drained me and I don't think I needed to be spending that much time. So, I did a little bit of an audit on my inbox and I realized that I was responding and having to think about so many emails, even if my assistant was helping me. Okay. So there, let me give you some examples. So podcast inquiries, like I probably got like a new podcast inquiry in my email inbox, like once or twice a week. And a lot of these inquiries were from people I've never heard of before, from people who like probably don't even listen to my show, who are just kind of like trying to pitch themselves and like not even like so many of them aren't even in my industry, probably don't even know who I am. Again, they're just trying to like pitch themselves and they'd write these long pitches and you know, my assistant can read them and, but then like, she still has to like inform me because of the off chance that like, what if I do want them on my show, you know? Um, and, and on top of that, I was also like, well, maybe I need to personally respond to them or I don't know. Um, and so I, I just had this moment where I was like, I don't need to be reading this e- these emails. Nine out of 10 times, in fact, probably like 9.9 out of 10 times, I turn them down because again, I don't know who they are. I don't know, like like they're just like kind of group pitching and they're probably just sending this template to like multiple people. And I don't need to be uh, you know, bothered by something that ultimately, I'm not gonna have them on my show anyway. So it's genuinely just dead space in my day that I'm 
that I'm wasting, right? By even addressing these, okay? Um, another example in my, I'm like in an example of an example, but an example uh, in my inbox of things that was like draining me was collaboration inquiries. So very similar to podcast inquiries, you know, different brands kind of pitching me of like, Hey, we'd love you to do this brand uh, deal for X, Y, Z, like real or uh, static post, or even like on your podcast or something like that. And again, I can tell you about nine out of 10 times. I just wasn't interested at all. It's like, I don't use your product. I don't even know what your product is. Um, your product doesn't have any, um, just like affiliation with what I do and what my audience I think would want. And even if it was, I, I now have to go and research your, uh, brand and your product that you're pitching to me and I might not even like it. And so it's just such a waste of time. And then, then, and then at the end of the day, I'm also like, okay, if I were to even do this and I would sign up for the the brand deal, like the amount of money that I'd make off of that brand deal is like oftentimes so minimal compared to what I just could be making in my business in my own way. And so it's just like, okay, I don't, I don't need to be doing this. Right. Um, another example of the example of my email inbox was scheduling. So, so many people, even if they were someone we were corresponding with and, uh, you know, had a connection with, whether it was like setting up a podcast or a brand meeting or um, just like an inquiry or whatever it is, a lot of these emails, people needed like a meeting with me or I need a a meeting with them or something like that. And a lot of times I would have to go back and forth with my assistant and be like, what time should we do? Da, 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 you know? Okay, I got to this point where I was like, I do not wanna know even know about these inquiries or or these emails or like these scheduling things. And so basically what I did, because they didn't move the bottom line for me, truly. that And that's what the, I came to the point of like, these are not, like these are so clearly the 80% of those like, like it's, it's so clearly like that 80% category of like those like junk tasks that are producing like 20% of the results, right? And so... What I was able to do is I was basically able to come up with a formula per like per one that I'm talking about here for how my assistant can handle these herself, okay? So, for example, with podcast inquiries, I was I was basically able to come up with a formula so that I I would basically say, you know, anybody who inquires with me to be on my podcast, send them to a form and have them fill out the form. Have them put their information that I need to decide if they're the right fit for the show or not, and then I will just like look up that form and the inquiries that come through like once a month, and I'll spend like 10 minutes doing it, right? Same with collaboration inquiries. If someone wanted to collaborate with me, I'm like, send them a form, and I will, again, like periodically look up that form and see who wants to collaborate with me and see if there's anything that I'm like super stoked about. Um, scheduling, I was basically just able to be like, hey, Abby, so this Abby's my assistant and just basically be like, these are the days that I wanna schedule this type of meeting and these are the days that I wanna schedule this type of meeting and even the times and that's my line. Like if someone, like 
I am willing to do like three different meetings on Thursdays and maybe two different meetings on Fridays. And then I have my coaching on Wednesdays, Monday and Tuesdays. I never want anything booked. And so that's what I, those are my parameters. And if, and if someone wants to meet with me, they have to fit into those parameters. If I'm booked up on one week, okay, then try for the next week. And so I was just, again, able to give her this criteria and this formula so that now she was able to just like take that and run with it and do it all herself. And let me tell you right now, it has worked like absolutely amazing. Again, I used to spend about 20 to 30 minutes on my emails every day, sometimes up to an hour. And nowadays I spend about five emails. Wow, five emails. I spend about five minutes per day on an email. And obviously there's very unique cases where I tell my assistant, I say, if they mention that, you know, like I was DMing with them prior and, or maybe if they mention that like I met them in person prior or like we had some sort of personal connection prior, then I'm like, please, you know, let me know about this. But other than that, just like send them the form or you know how to schedule them in. I don't even want to hear about it. Like seriously, I don't have the mental capacity. So that has been absolutely transformational. Second example I want to give you is, uh, this is so funny because it's it's on my podcast, Um, podcast intros, okay? So funny enough, I don't know if you noticed this, but I used to do a podcast intro for every episode. And it was basically like, hey, like on today's episode, we're going to be talking about da-da-da-da-da, and it's with this guest, and da-da-da-da-da, and then like the intro song would like start, and then that intro like voiceover would play, and then we'd go into the episode. I don't do that anymore. I completely got rid of that intro that I would have to like pre-record. And the reason I got rid of that is because it was a massive, massive bottleneck for me. It I, I noticed like every time I had to, uh, every time I, I, I did a podcast, I would be so stoked to like record the podcast episode, right? But then what ended up happening is like I would be done with the podcast episode and I would just be like, okay, I just left it all on the field. Like I'm done. Like I, I did it and I just want to send it off to my, um, audio engineer. And then I would remember and I'd be like, oh crap, I still have to do the intro. And it was just like so frustrating because a lot of times, like just transparently, I would procrastinate and I'd just be like, I will do that later. Or like, I'll get to that later. And then what would happen is like, I would send it over and it would just like be sent over late or, or again, like I would just, Um, it would just bottleneck me and it would just be such a draining task. And it made me, it gave me like a sour taste in my mouth about podcasting and about recording. And it was just so frustrating. Right. Um, and so I realized I was like, okay, is there a slight impact for good, hopefully of having like a unique intro for every single episode? Maybe like on maybe right someone maybe is listening and they just want to hear a little bit at the beginning uh, just to hear what the rest of the episode is about. Maybe there's a slight advantage there, but I was like, is it enough that I want it to like keep bottlenecking me in getting the content out? No, I don't think the impact is high enough. And as I thought, and as I just kind of sifted through the podcast that I listen to, I always skip through intros and I never listen to them. So I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, I don't even I don't even like intros myself. Like I've always tried to keep it real with myself of like, 
put out the content you would actually listen to and digest. And so I'm just like, this doesn't even align with me that I would want to listen to the intro. So why am I doing an intro? Like, I just feel like it's like a template that everyone does and no one questions it, but like, I don't need an intro. So I'm not going to do an intro. I'm just going to introduce the episode right when we get on, or if like the guest is on there, I'm going to introduce them when they're live at the beginning of the episode. Like I don't need to do an intro. You know what I'm saying? It's just like so much extra fluff that drained me. Right. Um, and so it's been absolutely amazing. Another, another tiny little like piece off of that was uh, show notes. So when you go into the show notes of each episode, I used to have like, I used to have to personally write those and give like a synopsis. No, like another thing that bottlenecked me, like I don't, once I'm done recording my episode, I don't want to have to go back and write these show notes, right? Um, and so what I do is I basically, now I work with my assistant and basically she creates the show notes for me and she actually usually uses like chat GPT to spruce it up. What we basically have done is we will put my podcast notes, like the notes for the episode in the chat GPT. Like we kind of have a formula of like what to ask chat GPT, kind of basically like here's the, sh- here's the, Here's the 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 what what would I say like the host's notes for the the show please create show notes in like I don't even know how many words it is but like 50 words or less um for the podcast episode itself and give it this tone of voice and da 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 and ChatGPT like the little thread we have going with it has really caught on to just like our tone of voice and so now Abby my assistant can just like make these for me and it takes her so little time. I don't even have to do it. This has all worked wonders for me with my podcast creation and just streamlining everything. So again, another example of just like something that just like I didn't need to do and rearranging and moving things around and just getting rid of some of it massively helped. Okay. Last example for you. And I hope, I hope you're noticing by the way that I'm like, I'm showing you things that I felt like needed to be there, but I'm still like, no, I'm going to sacrifice them because I think they're in that 80 producing the 20 and I want to get rid of it. Right. Um, so example number three, and this might be surprising to some of you, TikTok. Okay. I love TikTok, but in 2023 at this time, right around like August, I realized TikTok for me was an 80% task with a 20% impact. And I realized that I was spending so much time on TikTok, whether it be like, you know, scrolling through TikTok and like the amount that it sucked me in and then posting, cross-posting on TikTok and just kind of like trying to develop an audience there. Um, even though like my main platform for social media was Instagram. And I was just like, I can't even, first of all, it is so hard to track my, um, just like my audience on TikTok, it's so hard to nurture that audience on TikTok. Like I just want people going to Instagram because Instagram just has like more features. Um, and I had no reason to believe that the majority of my, uh, whether it's like email list growth or my product revenue was coming from TikTok. And so I just literally stopped. I was like, I'm just going to be done with TikTok for the moment. And because it's just not doing anything for me, like it's an 80% task with a 20% impact for me. Um, And by the way, I will just say, just kind of give a little, you know, side note here. It's not that TikTok couldn't, right? 
it's not that I couldn't have done TikTok wholeheartedly, gone, you know, gung-ho on it, full on. Um, but in my 2023 season, just the way that like I was running things and, you know, like I'm going to have more team members in 2024, but like I, I didn't have them in 2023. And so just like the time capacity that I had and the goals that I had and, uh, like the immediate goals that I had and just like that whole ecosystem and the way that I really wanted to nurture more of my podcast audience and my Instagram audience and my email list audience, I was just like, you know what? My time is put better elsewhere. Like my time would be so much better spent on my email list right now, for example, and my Instagram and my podcast than it would be towards my TikTok. And I, I had proof of that. And so it was like, again, I'm not saying I plan to completely abandon TikTok at this point forever. I can tell you, I still periodically check it. Uh, I fully believe in TikTok as a platform for growth and for marketing. I want to stay with it as much as I can to stay informed. Um, and it's possible that, you know, maybe it's going to even become like one of my main platforms in 2024 when I have more team members who can get even more other things off my plate so that I can get more to the content. Um, but for my platform, which is, by the way, mainly for photography education at this point and building that educational platform, I don't know if I'll be using it. And as of right now, I'm not really utilizing it very much. Uh, you know, if if I was a photographer, because I know like most of you are going to be photographers and not in the same boat as I am of like an educator. If I was a photographer, I actually would. I think this would be different. I would be push pursuing TikTok more because I do think it has a lot of advantage, especially in local markets, especially in getting people who are interested in like getting inspired by their wedding, you know, vision boards and like just, I think there's so many brides and grooms on TikTok specifically. And I'm not saying that there's not my audience on TikTok. Um, but I do think it just came down to me. Like Instagram was like rocking, um, my podcast rocking, my email list wasn't rocking as much because I wasn't putting enough time into it. And so it was like, how can I bring more into something like, like a platform like that and really serve my audience there, which was more high leverage than TikTok for me. Um, and side note, like 2024, I actually like between me and you, I think I have my sites set more on YouTube, just like a side note. Um, because I think, I don't know, I think I just like to be sharing more of the educational piece on a place like YouTube, because even YouTube, I feel like I can nurture an audience and like stick with people more. Whereas I feel like when I post something on TikTok, a lot of times it just like goes and I never hear from the people that I like are following me. I'm just like, I don't, I don't know anybody who's following me on TikTok. Like, you know, I just feel like I know people on Instagram and I, who love my podcast and whatever, but I feel like TikTok is just so weird in that way. Um, anyways, kind of a rabbit trail there, but as you can see, these are all situations where I was able to get rid of things that were just like, even like they weren't easy to get rid of. I'll tell you right now, like it was not easy for me to make that decision to kind of go on a TikTok hiatus or, you know, get rid of my podcast intros or get rid of a ton of my inbox. A lot of that wasn't easy, both like emotionally speaking, because I have like this emotional attachment to certain tasks that I do because I think no one else can do them or I think I could never run my business without them. Um, and another another part of it is just like the the practical. Like I'm like, 
oh, but like, you know, how do I even shift this to someone else's plate? Like, how could they ever do it? Like, how do I problem solve this? But once you figure it out, like once you figured it out, massive change, right? So, so worth it because they weren't moving the bottom line for me. Um, and for you, I just want you to ask yourself, what is it? What is that 80% junk that's giving you the 20% results? And I hope that me kind of sharing some of this will give you a little bit of like inspiration of like, oh, this resonates and I know I have junk in this category. And you know what? Maybe for you, something that I said was junk is not your junk. It's your like gold that you need to jump on, right? Maybe like, for example, maybe like TikTok for you is something you should be pressing more into, right? But for me, it's not. I don't know. But um I kind of have a little, I I wrote some notes on like how to know if something falls into this category for you of like kind of the junk you need to get rid of or at least rearrange. Number one, ask yourself what in your task list that you kind of task dumped, what tasks drain your energy and cause you to procrastinate? Number one, like for me, my intros, bing, 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 like immediately I knew I procrastinate. I have my energy drained when I do my podcast intro. Like it just straight up, like no if, ands, or buts about it. Like that's just, (laughs) that's just the way it is. Right. Um, and so I knew how can I get rid of this or how can I rearrange this or how can I get rid of this pain point at least number two, what tasks force you to sacrifice the like high leverage tasks that you know are actually high leverage. For example, like maybe one for a lot of you is not quitting your full-time job. And I mean, that's a huge one, but maybe you're in a situation where you are still in a full-time job and it's not photography and you want to make photography your full-time job, but ultimately you keep having to make these sacrifices in your photography business because your full-time job is still pulling you away or even your part-time job, right? Um, And maybe more in like a smaller level, maybe it's something like, um, I don't, I'm trying to think of an example, but maybe like, yeah, maybe there's like a third or fourth social media platform that you're finding like pulls you away from another social media platform that you're crushing it at. And you're like, maybe I should just do more of that one platform and do less of the platform that's just like not doing anything good, right? Or outsource it or something like that. Uh, Number three, what tasks are you honestly not good at? And maybe take you twice the time of what it would take someone else to do and still half of the impact, right? Just ask yourself that because I think that is such an important and key and and obviously like ego busting question, but I do think it's very important to ego bust sometimes and be like, I'm not that good at this and that's okay, right? I am good at a lot of other stuff and I can do a lot very well, but this I kind of suck at. And Emily, let me tell you right now, I can tell you there are a lot of things in that category for me and that is oh freaking K, right? And you have to be okay with that Um, and you have to be able to move outside of those things in order to actually get into that gold that you want to press more into. Um, Number four, what tasks have you just not seen results from? Like over and over, despite your best efforts. Uh, And then once you, you know, like once you do get rid of those things that you haven't seen results from, replace it with something, you know, that does work well. So for me, like if I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to get rid of, let's say, uh, me doing the TikTok, the TikTok, I meant like the TikTok thing, right? If I'm going to get rid of TikTok, I'm thinking in the back of my head, but I want to do more of 
my email list specifically because I knew that was kind of more in the back burner, right? So I'm going to fill it up with something else that I do know works well. So that's, I wouldn't, I'm not trying to tell you, you know, um, this isn't like a podcast episode that's like trying to promote like laziness or you just like sitting around all day and like doing nothing. This is promoting you doing less of what sucks and what your baggage is and doing more of what propels you forward, right? So it's emphasis on that do more of what propels you forward because you really have to replace with something you know works well. If you get rid of a social media marketing platform that you notice isn't working well, take that time and put it towards the one that is working well or to something else that you haven't tried yet that you believe is going to work well, right? Don't just get rid of something and then not replace it with something. That's not really the point of outsourcing. That's how you lose money, but that's how you take steps back, right? Um, Obviously, I will say if you're in a situation where you're just like a massive overachiever and you're just doing a lot for a lot's sake and you're doing too much, that may be the only case where you might need to get something off your plate and then leave the free time just at where it is, right? Because obviously you don't want to be overworked, right? Um, But for the most part, I think a lot of us fall into the category of like take something off your plate to replace it with something better, right? And then once you kind of have gone through that like four, you know, whatever those four criteria are that I gave you, and there's probably others that would help, but those are just the ones that came to mind. Um, Truly don't be afraid to adjust your business, adjust your task list, or even cut the cord with certain tasks. That is fine. That is good. That is how you are going to be advancing as a business owner in this next year because you're getting rid of the crap that didn't serve you in this past year, right? And some of you are going to have to be ruthless, like get rid of the junk that is not serving you. And I'm talking to myself too because I know sometimes we can be task pack rats, right? We just like don't want to get rid of something because we're just so attached to the idea of it or I don't know what it is, but it's like get rid of it. If you if you're if you're being a uh if if you're just being a pack rat with your tasks, get rid of the junk, okay? Um you owe it to yourself seriously to not build a business that just drains you and sucks away your time and energy with little to show for it. So, hey, I hope this helps you out so much as you go into the new year. And I I just want to also thank you, seriously, for being here for another year of, this is, I think, my first full year of Passion With Purpose. And I am so happy and honored and flattered and grateful to have you be a listener and just like hang out with me every week. It's just been like such a massive honor. It's one of the most favorite things I do. Um, so just thank you. And my only ask is again that you I ask this all the time, but if you haven't written a written review on Apple Podcasts, that would make my freaking life. And then number two, if you haven't like shared this with a friend, hey, just share it with a friend or share it on your Instagram story or something like that. It it just like is so, I think sometimes even sharing it with a friend is so impactful because it's like a personal like, hey, I really want you to listen to this, right? Um, But anyway, you share it is like so appreciated and I so appreciate you being here. So thank you so much for listening, my friend. And um, I hope God blesses your year ahead and I will see you right back here in the new year. Take care.